everyone. My name is Anna Lomprier and this is Jules O'Neill and we are the Wayfinders for the Cornwall Memory Cafe Network. So here we are. This is the fifth podcast of the Wayfinders for the Cornwall Memory Cafe Network, working for Disability Cornwall. And we are privileged and so honoured today to be interviewing Dr. Alison Hibbert, who is the Cornwall and Isles of Scilly system lead for dementia. Um, we're here today to talk to Oscar Benderia about all things um, dementia and the vision for dementia care across Cornwall. So um, my name's Anna, if you haven't, um, don't know me already, Wayfinder and Jules here as well, Wayfinder. And thank you, Alison, after your long day um, to, to give us this time to, for us to ask you loads of questions. My pleasure to be here. <laughs> My so first question then is how did you, how, you know, we, we know that you're a GP. Um, why is this such an important area of work for you? What, what sort of led you onto this path? Yeah, so I've been a, a GP with an interest um, in particularly older adults for the last um, few years, but this role really came about because um five years ago Cornwall was noted to be an area that that wasn't doing well in dementia care that was underperforming recognized by kind of NHS England as having some of the lowest sort of diagnosis rates in England um and so they created um a role to have a GP lead working um and employed by the commissioners the health commissioners um and and now our commissioning body is called the integrated care board and that and that's who really employ me and fund my role but what does my role mean well really yes. over the years it's become what I feel is a, a championing role for people living with dementia and their carers and also those volunteers those in in professional roles those supporting people living with dementia championing for them too so that to support them and enable them to to carry out their their work we know um in Cornwall that um people in the dementia are quite vulnerable and they're carers. And you may have um, seen the Hear Our Voice report from um, Health Watch Cornwall, which was released earlier. It was earlier in the year, time passes so quickly, but it gave us some feedback in Cornwall about how we need to kind of Im improve. And really my, my role is around kind of championing and trying to drive forward those improvements. Wow. So so that leads on beautifully to what are those improvements then? What's the what's the vision for dementia wellbeing, dementia care across Cornwall in the next few years? So ideally what we want to see is I suppose go back to what's the NHS England well pathway for dementia. So are we preventing dementia well? And we can prevent dementia. That's probably a topic you want for another podcast, actually. So are we preventing dementia well? Yeah. Are we diagnosing dementia well? Are we recognising dementia? And those people that are diagnosed, are we treating them well? Are we supporting them well? Are they being supported to live well? And sadly, we do know that dementia is a, a, a long term and can be a terminal condition. So are we supporting people to die well with dementia? So the whole journey, are we wow. supporting people well? And what we want to make sure is that people can receive a timely diagnosis. Um, and then after a diagnosis, they're offered support and support that's tailored to their needs in a personalised way, really. Wow, yeah, that, wow. that sounds 
really amazing and I'm, I'm you know I'm sure everyone is looking forward to seeing these changes um, so one of the questions I get asked a lot at the memory cafes um, is why do some people get a diagnosis through their GP and others have to go through the memory assessment services or memory clinic what what's the difference yeah so so GPs can diagnose dementia but Everybody, we GPs are generalists, but some may have um, had training and have the skills to be able to diagnose um, dementia. It's easier to diagnose a dementia if it's more a more common sort of standard presentation. So if somebody's presenting with very obvious symptoms, there's not much complexity. Um, it may be that they're a person that a GP could diagnose, but dementia can be a difficult diagnosis to make and some people do need to be diagnosed through memory assessment services for a more in-depth um, uh, an in assessment uh, sort of a longer sort of memory assessment people might also be diagnosed um, during a hospital stay if they've presented in crisis um, if, if people might find that we've picked up that actually underlying the crisis and the problems the falls or the reason they're not managing might pick up that there's somebody with dementia so they you might be diagnosed during a hospital stay people might be diagnosed doing special being seen in a specialist clinic so parkinson's service or neurology clinic or, or healthcare of the elderly most people are probably diagnosed through memory assessment services but you will see that some people can be diagnosed either sort of in in, in primary care um, most important thing really is that wherever somebody is diagnosed that they are offered support afterwards that's the most important thing um, to kind of note really and to make sure that's happening. So that's where my next question then would lead really is what can somebody expect about the journey of their care once they've been diagnosed or what do you esteem or hope to be able to provide going forward? Yeah, so diagnosis is a really the key to kind of should be the key to unlock support. And people say that, why bother diagnosing dementia? We can't cure it. There's nothing you can do about it. But that's absolute sort of stigma and myth. And some of the sort of reasons for kind of diagnosing, basically, the first thing is understanding that once you understand what symptoms are, you know, why somebody's having the symptoms, you can then start sort of supporting them. Um, it won't change the outcome, but, but just by allowing kind of friends or family or loved ones to be able to even read up on the condition um, can then show and they can read up how they can support that person. And understanding that person is not behaving like that because they're being naughty or rude. They're behaving like that because it's an illness. They've got an illness. And so we need to adapt to help and, and support them. So diagnosis is really important from that aspects. So giving people information and signposting to where they can get information is really kind of key after a diagnosis. Making sure that a carer has support. And so making sure that that person's been um, signposted to the carer's service or carer's assessment needs that they may they may have. Um, often care and, and having somebody un, unwell can come with financial kind of costs. So it's making sure that people have had the right considerations around sort of finance. And that might be, you know, having benefits assessments or council tax or, or carer's allowance. Um, it's important to kind of think of those kind of aspects. Then it's sort of care planning, and that might be with a health care professional, support worker, kind of thinking about what matters to that person, what's important in their care planning, what signs to look out for when they're less less well, um, and just sort of planning around what their care needs. 
importantly to make sure people have got access to kind of um the national institute of clinical excellence kind of the kind of treatments that we'd expect people to be offered now some dementias we can be managed with um medications called cognitive enhancers other dementias um not but actually we do know that something called cognitive stimulation therapy can help for people diagnosed sort of early on and actually really having meaningful activities so for the person for the person themselves and when i've chatted to a lot of people living with dementia what what really is important is actually that they're maintained to be as independent as possible and they're still people even though they've got a diagnosis of dementia and and actually to make sure that they get some enjoyment so how can we help those people maximize their independence um, and get still get some enjoyments and and i think some of it is around not worrying about the things you can't do but being helped to do the things that you that you can um, and so care planning really important there's there's some medications that are not so good and can be harmful if you've got a diagnosis of dementia so actually a medication kind of review getting rid of medications that, that might be adding to kind of the burden on your sort of brain making sure that people kind of know so that making sure the diagnosis is on the gp kind of records making sure that that we look look after the person care planning is important and finding out what matters to the person and some some legal aspects important to think about lasting something called a lasting power of attorney and you can appoint that for health and kind of welfare again that might be a good topic for one of your future podcasts actually giving advice on that because all too often um i find people set up, a of, set up a power of attorney too late um yeah. in the in the journey really and so i'm posting to all of our wonderful activities in county memory cafes cognitive stimulation groups sensory trust walking groups we've got admiral nurses to help carers we've got alzheimer society dementia advisors we're really lucky yeah. in cornwall to have a sort of army of people that are out there to support people including yourselves the memory cafes <laughs> and the wayfinders oh thank you and what we've what we've sort of experienced sometimes is that um it, it's almost like someone can the people can get a diagnosis and then they're on their own and and i i sort of feel like it's almost like working at finding that bridge to 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 know about that support um what do you think about that i think you're right i think health and social care has become very challenged um i think it's not easy at the moment we are trying to in, improve it so that there's a clear pathway what's happened at the moment is that we've we've got a growing prevalence um, of people living with dementia so our prevalence is going up and up and up um, we've never had so many people diagnosed with dementia in Cornwall um, and actually what's happened is the demand has outstripped the supply of support but we're hoping to see some um, investment very soon that that means that we're going to have some more um, support out there for people so that everybody will know who that they've got somebody to kind of support or or handhold or have somewhere to go so I'm hoping in a year's time that will look a little bit better. Obviously, that's difficult for people out there at the moment, but but we are focusing on actually improving improving that support. In Cornwall, we've got something called the Primary Care Dementia Practitioner Service, and we're hoping to also build in some support workers um, so that everyone's got kind of support really. But I think I think um, looking at the local memory cafes um, is a good sign. You know, always signposting to the memory cafe kind of kind of websites but i think there's also the admiral nurse service and we can you yeah. can um share some contacts with your listeners and dementia advisors um so yeah. there is quite a bit of support out there navigating the system can be very kind of difficult really and i think 
I think really if any of your kind of listeners are having a struggle, then um, getting people like you that are supporting groups to help is a good idea, you know, to, to sort of be advocates to help navigate through. and Because you do have yeah. to be quite persistent. Health and social care is incredibly busy. And I think sometimes um, people with dementia, their carers or even elderly people, they, they just don't want to bother people. Um, mm, and they are, oh, I don't want yeah. to think my first, I don't want to bother people. They're really busy. But absolutely, you're really important to us. You're the people we do want bothering us because you're the mm. people that we want to kind of kind of help, really. Um, they can also so sort of feel can be persistent. <laughs> yes. And they can also feel overwhelmed that you get a bombardment of information. And so having someone like you were saying that's special for them to help them navigate through all those different um elements really and there's something you said earlier um and then I'm going to hand it over to Jules again <laughs> but there was something you said earlier about becoming dementia aware um and that that vision of you know not just specialists but the community yeah about yes. getting the community and losing the stigma of the word dementia and those sorts of things exactly we've got yeah. to I think people don't want to come forward for diagnosis because of the, the sort of stigma but we need to make it okay for people to be living in Cornwall with dementia to be okay to kind of have depression or autism or bipolar or schizophrenia yeah. we need to make it okay and, and kind of take that stigma out of it so that people can get a diagnosis but just just sort of also be kind of supported but I think there's a lot around the awareness that people don't sometimes don't realize how to talk to people or yeah. or understand and actually some of it is is actually being a bit more sort of going back to basics really kind of actually you know compassion kindness we can all be dementia kind of friendly Patience. and understand yeah what I was yeah. saying earlier was about my one of my relatives actually who I was quite shocked that when he had to be admitted to a hospital to be seen up at one of the acute hospitals it, 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 it was really challenging the noise in the environment in the emergency department they didn't understand why I might need a drink it was kind of like unlike uh, why my uh, relative Jean she couldn't leave him so she didn't get a drink because she didn't leave him on his own and it was yeah. unsettling and they moved him from different departments and and actually, really, it was just not a good environment. And really, we needed to get him kind of home. And it was just a really difficult kind of kind of contact, really. And yet, yeah, in, in contrast, we had an experience where we got lost in our, our village because Eric kind of wandered. He used to like to walk. And we lost him one day and we were all kind of panicking. Um, but then we found him up the road at the at the garage. And the mechanic up there had obviously got experience of a loved one with dementia. And He'd just given Eric a cup of tea in a chair. And Eric was having the best afternoon because he'd like oh, watching them fix the cars. And it was really sociable. And it was that and it just jumped out at me the difference between actually people understanding just how to reassure somebody, calm them, be friendly, and just know, oh, this actually, yes, this person's not, this person's living with dementia, you know, just to be tuned in to 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 what was happening and how to de-escalate and calm, calm down. You know, the contrast. And that was somebody who just got that awareness in the community compared to a hospital where you, you'd have thought healthcare professionals would know better how to talk to and how to look after somebody with dementia, but outstanding really. But I think it shows that dementia is for everybody and that we all all could have, you know, sign up and have some, some sort of skills and dementia awareness. Yeah, wow. Um, so you did mention the PCDPs in one of the mm. earlier questions, and that's something that a lot of our listeners ask me and Anna about. Should I have a PCDP? What What is a PCDP? So does everyone get one or how does it work? 
exactly yeah so everybody living um in their own home in a private home should be on a um register for a primary care dementia practitioner um and as I said at the moment because of the growing prevalence they're a little bit over they're a little bit overwhelmed and what we've tried to do in Cornwall is offer regular reviews now the the annual uh, primary care and the GP surgeries will try and do an annual review um, with everybody but we felt that that's not kind of enough and so we've we um, have got a service called a primary care dementia practitioner and they work at the interface between the GPs and the specialist um, services as I said I think we've got 18 in county. They're a bit overwhelmed because we've got we've got you know thousands of people for them to support. So we're hoping that um, coming online soon we'll have some support workers as well, so that people either have a support worker or a, or a practitioner depending on their their kind of level of need. And then if somebody um, if somebody's got complex symptoms or things of not going very well or there's kind of a bit more kind of risk or complexity, then they might actually have a community um, psychiatric worse, um, nurse from the community mental yeah. health kind yeah. of team. Really. So what what we're hoping to do is sort of build a sort of a people can have have access to somebody to support, but depending on kind of need so you've got support worker actually if you've got complexity around your symptoms and a dementia practitioner but actually if you're really complex and there's quite complex and specialist issues going on then you've got a, a, a community psychiatric nurse so we're trying to sort of build a bit of a that bit of a, a pathway with a sort of stepped level we're not we're not there yet but hopefully that will be but really um having a diagnosis in the first place and having that diagnosis sort of coded on the gp record is really important and i know that some of your listeners they might not actually have felt like going forward for a diagnosis they might know that they have kind of memory problems but they haven't so just encouraging people to take that that step to kind of actually talk to somebody about um a diagnosis approaching sort of primary care and we know that at memory cafes are people that come to memory cafes that don't have dementia they might have mild cognitive impairment they might have memory problems for for other reasons and often people say well where can we go for advice and although the primary care dementia practitioners are for people with dementia you can still um, approach the dementia advisors from the Alzheimer's Society they will still support people and give kind of advice around memory problems um, if that if memory problems are linked to other causes but I would encourage everybody to make sure that they have sort of approached GP surgery to take the steps to to get a, a diagnosis excellent thank you <laughs> that was some good information definitely. that's some amazing information so i've got one more <laughs> one more question then is mm -hmm. or, or not question it's it's a more of a statement and and maybe to get your opinion is you know we were sort of saying it's interesting that you know we've got so much knowledge advertising money spent on educating people about um, diabetes or 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 cancer and it just seems like um you know that dementia awareness doesn't seem to be a thing, yeah. a thing on or you know you were sort of saying in these institutions or going into shops or different things it's not necessarily um a, a lot of education about it no people are no, scared of I think that yeah, I think oh, we'd like yeah. to sort of champion a bit more. I think you're right. Yeah. I think the awareness isn't out there. And I wonder if the, that, you know, some of the memory cafes is having some local dementia champions in the areas, I think. Hope getting local communities to kind of raise awareness yeah. as well, I yeah. think. Yeah. Wow. Anything else, Jules, you can think of? 
Um, no, I think we you we've got so much information off you. I think it's going to be really useful for our listeners um, to actually hear, you know, exactly how the things that should be happening, what they should be mm-hmm. doing. Because I think sometimes people get very overwhelmed with all the information, all the leaflets, you know. So to hear it from the lead is is fantastic. <laughs> and we feel yeah, so we grateful. Can, I'm sure we can. Yeah, I'm sure we can get. We've got lots of other speakers we can get for you to kind of. Um, come and help and do do talks on if there's specific topics that people would like to hear about um then I think that'd be really good to get some bite-sized um information to listen to lots of colleagues that can come along and help awesome awesome oh thanks Alison it's been really really fun informative and thank you so much for your time sorry I was hard to pin down it's just been so mad recently (laughs)